Tony Shearer's been a maverick in the sustainable food industry in Tasmania. He started Frogmore Creek Vineyard in 1996, which was one of only a few organic vineyards at the time and the first in Tasmania. In 2018, Tony was the deserving winner of the Tasmanian Senior Australian of the Year. He was recognised as a pioneer for the organic farming movement in Tasmania. He's also famous for his purple garlic, and I had the pleasure of speaking with him about life, the organic farming industry, and the future of food in Tasmania and around the globe. Thanks for joining me, Tony. To get started, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I was not born in Tasmania, I was born in America. And since I was about nine years old, I knew I wanted to be a farmer. And I did a lot of things when I was very young. I would go into fields after farmers had harvested and get my wagon full of uh, celery or whatever the commodity was and take it around the neighborhood and sell it. And, and then we moved to a very rural area in Southern California. And I started working with a older farmer that I helped him feed his cattle and stuff after school. And from there, I went to uh, university, studied horticulture, but there was no way I was going to buy a farm because we weren't, our family was not involved in farming. So I started a landscape business and saved enough money to buy a farm. And that was 1972. And I grew vegetables in Santa Cruz, just south of uh, San Francisco and sold to uh, mostly to restaurants in San Francisco and to farmers markets. And then in 1990, we moved to Perth in Western Australia for what was supposed to be 18 months, possibly two years, helping a friend set up a project there. And we just never went back. So we've been here 28 years and um, that's me. <laughs> so Frogmore Creek and Rocky Tops Farm, how did that all come about, Tony? Uh, well, originally we moved from Perth to Tasmania to grow wine grapes. I had done some consulting with some vineyards in Margaret River, and it was mainly because they wanted to switch to organically grown fruit. Kind of got the wine bug, and what I really loved about Tasmanian wine was the acidity and how food-friendly it was. And because I love food, those were the sort of wines we wanted to produce. So we bought the farm here in 1996. In 1999, we planted our first vines. And we ended up with about 28 hectares of vines. We were the first certified organic winery and vineyard in Tasmania. We really thought that a lot of other people would follow us in that regard, but it didn't really happen that way. So that's how the farm was set up. Since then, we have sold the vineyard part of the property to Jantz, and they grow spark mostly sparkling wine here. They do grow some dry Pinot. And we kept 200 acres in our house, and now we grow vegetables, which I love to do. <laughs> You're renowned for your beautiful purple garlic, Tony, which, of course, I'm a huge fan of. It's a very fascinating story. Can you share with us how you brought it into Australia? That was a very interesting 
thing. I, I have a friend who is a plant pathologist in America, and he worked for the University of Oregon, mostly on allium crops, so of which garlic is one. So he worked on onions, garlic, leeks, things like that. He was getting sort of the end of his working life, and they wanted him out sooner than he wanted to go. So they gave him this project called, he was in charge of the boutique garlic collection that the USDA had in Oregon. And he did that for four or five years before he retired. And he used to tell me about these great varieties he's got from all over the world. And so we investigated trying to get them into Tasmania. It's not, it's not an easy thing to do because of biosecurity. So we brought them in under tissue culture, which poses no risk at all. So they go into quarantine. They're in quarantine for two years. After that, you get a small a little bag of seed, and there were 14 different varieties that we brought in. We ended up liking three, and they liked Tasmania. The others didn't. Now we're down to two, and we've spread this garlic seed all over the state, and it does magnificently here. People love it. Chefs love it. So there's quite a bit of it grown now. We still grow about a half a hectare a year, which is not an awful lot, but uh, I think uh, Tasmania is a wonderful place to grow good garlic. So do you see it becoming a prominent industry here in Tasmania? Oh, absolutely. It's gaining a foothold already. I think Tasmania in 10 years will be the garlic capital of, of Australia. I hope so too. Uh, what do you think the cost is of the industrialization of food on society? Well, my, I think my biggest effort, and if I could spend full time on it, I would fight the industrialization of agriculture, not just here, but everywhere. In America, it is absolutely incredible what they've done. And I'm not talking about industrialization. You get a bigger tractor so you can do things faster. I'm talking about completely changing what a vegetable looks and tastes like in order to be able to ship it, you know, across, say, the country of America or of Australia. So they dumb down the flavor. They want to be able to breed a strawberry that you can grow in Queensland, put it on a truck, uh, ship it to Melbourne, put it on another truck, bring it to Tasmania, have five days shelf life once it gets here, and it tastes like a piece of wood. So, you know, most younger people have never tasted what a lot of fruit and vegetables used to taste like, you know, and it's not just things like strawberries and peaches, it's tomatoes are probably the biggest one, but even carrots and other items that they've bred the flavor out of to gain other attributes that they think are more important. And it, to me, it's just a crime, you know? They don't, they're not flavorful. Uh, we need a localized food system. So that's what we're working on here with Sprout Tasmania to try to develop a local food system where growers can grow things, sell them to local people, uh, what we deliver to restaurants these days, uh, it's in the ground Tuesday morning. It's on someone's plate Tuesday night. Can't get fresher than that. That's fantastic. Farming and conservation, can they go hand in hand? I think they can. And uh, there, there are several people uh, in this state that are very interested in that very subject. You just have to get farmers to look at 
their properties and see what they're never going to use, what's not farmable. As we did here, we put uh, probably about 40 hectares into a conservation covenant, which means it'll never be uh, subdivided or houses will never be built on it. And we don't miss any income out of that, that land. It's uh, basically fenced off and the state helps you do that. And if you work with them, it's, it's, it was a pretty amazing experience for me. I got a lot out of it. And we had an endangered plant here called the purple pea. And it was a plant that had a lot of history here because a botanist from some of the first ships that came uh, to Tasmania took this plant back to England and it's in Kew Gardens now. And uh, it was actually being uh, devoured by sheep and cattle. And so we worked with the department here that handles those sorts of things. And we've fenced the areas. We've, uh, they've got a lot more growth. They've planted new plants out there. So I, I think it's an important thing to do that and also to leave remnant vegetation for the animals that are here. So does that have an impact on the microclimate in the soil? It can have, yes. The biodiversity definitely has an effect on So, you know, we'll lose a lot of birds and other things unless we keep doing that. And I think that more people are getting involved in planting trees through land care and other organizations, Greening Australia. It, it definitely will help the biodiversity, which, of course, helps the ecology. Mm. So what's your view on the sustainable food movement in Tasmania? There's certainly a lot of people interested. The thing that makes me happy, there are young people. So young people are looking and saying, how can we do this with less water? How can we build carbon in the soil? They're worried about climate change, all kinds of different things that we can do and what conservation does to help not only Tasmania, but the planet. So it's important. We're working on a lot of, of agricultural uh, issues using techniques that some of them, which really have not been proven. So it's really research. And we do a bit of that in the garden and we try things out. We want to save water. We want to save lots of different things in order to keep fruit and vegetables growing and do it in a sustainable way. So we will have the same habitat that we've got now, 50, 80, 100 years from now. Over the last few years, have you seen a shift in the community or in industry? Not necessarily a big shift in the agricultural community, but a, there is a big shift in, especially as I said, young people and certain older people, but basically that's the, uh, the main issue is trying to get people interested in what they're eating. You know, a lot of people don't even cook anymore. So we wanna produce the best flavored food and present it in a healthy, clean way, which we do by using organics and biodynamics. So I think it's very important. And I think that we're gaining some ground, you know, we are. Every, every year it's a little bit better than it was the year before. And why do you think there's such a concentration of that in Tasmania? Well, we have 
because we're small here, we have a lot of cottage industry, and I think that really helps. It reminds me a lot of Santa Cruz when I back in the 70s and 80s because people were concerned about more than just their job. And so people volunteer for a lot of things here. A lot of them are uh, agriculturally based. That's why we started Sprout. We want 100, 200, 300, 400 small-scale growers growing fruit and vegetable here rather than bringing it in from the mainland. And we're on track to try to do that. And on a final note, Tony, what's one message that you'd like to convey to people? Well, I think if I could get people to really think about what they're putting in their bodies food-wise and enjoy the flavors and and learn how to cook different vegetables and, and fruit, one of the things that I think that is happening uh, to some degree because we used to go out to a restaurant and we would have mainly a big slab of meat, uh, maybe a potato, but now, you know, there's smaller portions we might have instead of three items on a plate, we may end up eating 20 different things or 10 different things, but most of them are vegetables. And I'm really happy about that. That was the wonderful and enlightening Tony Shearer. If you'd like to learn more about him and his work, go to Rocky Tops Farm or Sprout Tasmania. Food is a part of every single person's life and the choices we make around what we eat can have a huge impact on our planet. I'm Nicole Frith and I want to encourage, inspire and educate people so that they can make informed decisions and eat cleaner, greener and more sustainably, not only for our own health, but for the health of the planet. If this has inspired you, keep digging through our website for more.